What is up, family? Welcome back to Tempo Talks, 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 Talks. I'm Ryan. And I'm Aaron. And I always keep these intros interesting. So interesting. At least I try to. <laughs> Aaron's just laughing at me right now. Maybe you are too. But no, uh, we're excited to have you back with us. We have a fantastic guest today with Tommy Runs, the man from Detroit who is breaking barriers and sharing his awesome journey along the way. Um, we just got done chatting with him and you know, the conversation went in some directions we maybe weren't expecting, but it went for the better in all honesty. Absolutely. Yeah. One of, one of the uh, more enjoyable conversations as far as, as uh, Billy Yang so eloquently dubbed his episode evergreen, uh, definitely much more of a evergreen conversation and uh, something that was less, um, I don't know. It, it just, it wasn't something we could have anticipated and it was very enjoyable. I I'm a big fan of Tommy's already. And I know that our listeners, uh, all of you will be, if you haven't already heard of him, you'll be a fan after this episode. Um, great guy, great guy. And he's a business owner. He, uh, he has a day job, but he, uh, has chip time running uh, company, which is a apparel line, a running apparel line. Um, and, uh, yeah, so you can check that out. We'll put all the links in the description of this episode. Um, but you can follow him. You can connect with him on Instagram. Uh, his company is chip time running co, uh, on Instagram. And then his personal Instagram is Tommy underscore runs that's t-o-m-m-i-e underscore r-u-n-z and uh and then he also has a show that he does called the run eat sleep show and that's the run eat sleep show on instagram as well um he talks to all kinds of people in the running community uh just on instagram live um and he puts out pretty freak i don't know exactly how frequent it is but he puts out pretty frequent ex- episodes so he's doing a lot uh he documents his own running journey he's going to be running boston in april which we talk a little bit about um so it was fun getting to know him a little better and uh and it's been fun to follow along with him uh for the last few months that i've been uh been connected with him yeah i'm a fan now and i know he said he's documenting his weekly journey to boston uh and they're gonna be him and a friend also named aaron i believe who is running his first marathon are gonna be putting out their you know multi-week i believe he said 15 weeks yeah although that might be the amount of time dubbed the pr project from recording yeah the pr project so a cool little thing he's working on right now that you can keep an eye out for but hey keep an eye out for some things that we're putting out too i'm at ryan miller 34 on instagram aaron is at tempo talks aaron on instagram and our gmail account is tempo talks podcast at gmail.com if you ever want to drop us a note there yeah. so we appreciate you all joining us today we hope you have an excellent long run or uh you know, laundry folding session, whatever you're doing, driving, listening to this podcast, and can't wait to get into it. So let's jump into this conversation with Tommy Runs. Tommy, what's up, man? Welcome to Tempo Talks. How's it going? 
It's pretty good, man. Pretty good. I think, I mean, this might be one of the best names of a podcast, though. I mean, I'm just saying you guys need to be nominated for some type of award for this. Thank you. I uh, I don't want to brag, but I did come up with it. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah. But I, I did, at the very beginning, try to convince him to change it to Tempo Talk. For some reason, I thought that rolled better off the tongue, but I think we're what? This is going to be episode 35 36 Something so like we're too far in we're too Tempo far talks in. it is we've already got the matching we've already got the matching tattoos so we can't change it now. <laughs> do you no no oh, <laughs> this is legit if you had magic tattoos i don't even know if we'd be able to continue this because right. it's just too much awesomeness going on over there no we're uh but i do have to say that i think if we're the best then the second best has to be the run eat sleep show or is it sleep eat i'm sorry yeah. if i got that backwards run, the run eat sleep show. i mean see like the fact that you had to do all that i mean i <laughs> it, it kind of knocks me down a little bit you know like i'm okay with not having the best name you know so um there's some good names out there but tempo talks is cool i like it. it's like a ted talk feel right but tempo talks and that's why the s is good because it's not so on the head you know what yeah I mean? and, it, it's and if we want to get real meta with it i mean i'm a drummer so you know, there's the tempo, oh, there's the tempo aspect of it. Wow. I didn't know if this was going to be a music podcast or a running podcast. So. <laughs> but, wow, you know, Ryan, good. Ryan was the first person to message me back saying that he would be on the podcast as my first guest. And so I figured, oh, I got to go running then. But it is what it is. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. <laughs> but cool, man. We're, uh, we're happy to have you on. How's everything been going for you? Training and uh, running up there in Detroit. I guess it's cold. Yeah, I guess it's cold. Um, yeah, no, it's been good. I just started uh, training for Boston um, coming up in April. Just started a couple weeks ago now. And yeah, it's been pretty cold. It's like a couple of days kind of drove us inside. It was you know, negative a couple of degrees with wind chill, you know, so yeah. um, not not on top of but like with wind chill is negative too. And so um, we just went inside, you know, ran on the treadmill a couple of times, but it's fun to kind of get a break from it. But um Every time I go out there when it's it's terrible out, it's just like I kind of think of this is just getting me ready for like whatever Boston yeah. is going to come with because it's never a normal day, is it? it right. That we uh, Ryan and myself actually ran with one of our other local friends here. Um, what man, that was probably a year ago, I think Ryan that we ran with Aaron Fritz, mm -hmm. but uh, it was like pouring down rain and we had this epiphany in the moment. And I think we've mentioned this on the podcast before, but where we was like, okay, this is where PRs are made like this. It, you yeah. run and you take what the, you know, the course gives you and the weather gives you, but like just this in and out of getting out the door and doing it on a daily basis is really what happens. But I honestly, I can't imagine living in a, in a place that we're both in Texas in San Antonio and I can't wrap my head around the cold. Okay, we, yeah, we don't have to talk about the comparison of Michigan and Texas weather. I mean, if you guys want to make this thing last for like the 45 minutes to an hour, like I think right. we probably shouldn't get into it. I may disconnect, but I mean, the weather, weather has been really funny because like all last year, um, except for the, the glass city marathon in April of 2021, every race that I ran in was some type of extreme sort of weather, mm. you know, like it just, it was either a couple of races were 100 degrees humidity, you know, like 100 degrees, like full, I mean, hundred percent humidity. Um, and then some of them were just super hot. Then others were randomly cold, randomly windy, randomly rainy, went down to Savannah, ran a half marathon there thinking that like November, 
right. early November. Savannah's supposed to be 50s, you know. Yeah. It was the weekend where um, Tropical Storm Wanda came in. Okay. So it was for, like low for, it was low 40s, upper 30 degrees, and wind, windy, like rain coming in sideways to the point where they canceled the marathon the, an hour before the race. Wow. So this was like this was like the this was the Saturday before the Sunday of the cutoff for boss for people to try to qualify for Boston this you know for 2022. And so there was probably there's definitely people there that were going to try to run that race to qualify for Boston. But they canceled an hour before because they thought it was just too dangerous for people to be out there for, you know, wow. 3 4 5 6 hours. And what know? what actually happened? Was the weather actually bad? <laughs> No, the weather, weather is crap. Yeah. You know, was, so that, like there was like volunteers, um, like there, you know, how many ever water stations there was like in a half marathon, maybe there were like ten, maybe or something like that. There was only maybe two of the ten water stations that actually had people at it. Wow. You know, like there was just water sitting there getting rained in. You know, like because I mean they can't <laughs> have people out there like going getting frostbite trying to hand right. people waters. I have a, a random story because I. I'm like, this whole water thing's not gonna work. I can't feel my hands, but at one point, I, my, my body knew, like, you need water. So I'm running past this lady. She's got her hand out with the water, and I literally reached out running full speed and never never was able to close my hand. I just knocked the water out of her hand, wow. never closed, never tried to grip. I think I splashed her. I said sorry. <laughs> I kept going. Man, uh, it was yeah. So weather, weather's not, weather's not my friend. So, so hopefully, there's enough uh, people with good karma in Boston to make it change. Right. Yeah. Well, we're hoping for the best, and it seems like it's going to be a good, uh, a good crowd this year with not having to have any kind of major cutoffs or things like that, or like major buffers yeah. for the time. So that's going to be great. But yeah. I want to uh, backtrack because uh, you know I know obviously you have your show and you've been on some podcasts, but a lot of our listeners and and even myself included ha haven't heard your whole story although I know details of it I feel like we share I realized um, um, when we met up in Austin last month uh, that we share a lot of similarities uh, in that we're inspired by Rich Roll uh, for a lot of the same mm -hmm. reasons and I know that you have mm -hmm. a, a story about how running came into your life so it, it just uh, maybe give us a, a big view of like when you started running and and what prompted that change in your life because I know it hasn't been a, a whole lifetime thing no yeah so <clears throat> i started like really running in um 2018 like we're to, to you know with some consistency um and that you know that always that kind of came about because of um in 2017 uh january 11th i decided to go the sober road you know um so i, I quit drinking um went to you know the, the you know the legendary meetings you know mm -hmm. And went, you know, went through that process, and from going from being a straight up like raging, you know, alcoholic, <laughs> to, um, to to having this time and this energy to do some things, I started like started going to the gym because I wanted to feel better, um, and just feel like you know more, just a, a better person, and you know, all around, and not just kind of just going through the motions. So I started going to the gym, lifting weights got really big and bulky um but, you know that was like the vibe I was going for at the moment and then in 2018 I, I went vegan in February of 2018 so about a year and a, mo and a month into sobriety and that new energy um like going from drinking every day to like having like deplete like a depleted lifestyle and depleted energy to 
quitting drinking and trying to go more more healthy is obviously a big boost in you know the feeling of like every day you know like you have all this you have this new energy new sense of like purpose and meaning and all that but going from you know eating healthy going to the gym lifting weights to going vegan two weeks into it I felt better than I did from the switch from you know alcoholic to not drinking Mm -hmm. you know so I was like I was really curious and why that was the case like how could you be a healthy person and then feel like this big push of energy just by going vegan and eating some plants you know um so two weeks in watched a movie what the health and i they kind of put some of the pieces together for me and so i said i'll just stay this way forever and um around may of that year 2018 uh, a a client of my from my job job said hey um we're raising this money for this this um this um organization called move for hunger and you're fit you we know you could probably run a half marathon sure come out to the rock and roll chicago and i just took the challenge because it's a client but why not too and ran it didn't die so i just (laughs) had to keep you know coming back you know so um that was really it and that's like training for that i i wouldn't even call it training i was just running and trying to run faster and faster every day got a stress fracture um you know stayed at it because i put it out there on the internet that i was going to do this thing raising money so i just taped my leg up or whatever it was and then just got out there and finished and it was bad weather that day too in chicago but um you know like seeing my family there when i crossed the finish line and being proud that they could be proud of me but then also just being proud of the fact that i did what i did was really cool so i was like hey i'm just gonna try this out keep going it feels it's it's kind of cool i like the process and just been stuck ever since yeah that's awesome that's cool how uh remind me also to never uh sign up for the same race that you're doing because the weather thing (laughs) how um how how was uh so you were already married with kids before like how long have you been been married and kids Uh, i've been married for 11 years yeah and kids my daughter's 14 years old my son is 11 okay and yeah so So you were well already already Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I, we, I jumped into I jumped into the fatherhood life real early, you know. So get it out the way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the whole plan, the whole plan for that was to you know have a kid early, and then so I could be an empty nester sooner. There you go. Than later. That's we had the um, we had the same plan. We we're uh, we're my, I'm thirty almost thirty three. We've had three kids, and it's mm-hmm. like okay, they'll they should all be out by the time I'm fifty. <laughs> so we're good. Well, but. I mean, well. The whole thing about this is it definitely was not a plan. <laughs> this was not a conversation had. It was like after the fact, like, hey, well, you know. Well, it looks like it's going to work out. This. And the reason I asked about that was how uh, that change, that that drastic change from yeah. uh, like drinking regularly um, to all of a sudden being an active person and then the diet stuff. How did your family respond to that? Like, did they go along with you on the journey of, of veganism and things like that? Or because I'm also vegan and, uh, and, uh, we went vegan, right. I went vegan, like right after my first son was born, which he's five now. And, um, you know, it was, it's been a learning curve over the last five years of like, how are we going to feed the kids? How are we going to, you know, how's my wife going to eat all the time and stuff like that. So was that a, a good support? you know for all those changes well, i mean yeah well i mean yeah like they are really drastic too like you know some people like just they start running and that's their change but i'm like nope no drinking no 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 meat no this and that so i mean i i did it for for me to be a better 
version, the best, the highest version of myself. Um, I didn't know what I was at the time, but I just knew that I needed a change. I knew I needed to kind of keep up in the ante to make sure that, you know, that I stayed around for them. You know, because my my father passed of a stroke at at 39 years old, so mm. I'm 37 now. So I mean, I'll, I'll be 38 this year. Um, so it was like, I don't know if I was like ready f- to say like, hey, I'm gonna stop drinking and do all these great things for me because of that but it just was like this impending doom feeling you know um so when i went vegan and went sober it was really just for me to be the best version of myself or at least um present enough in every moment and around long enough for them to like to see things that my dad didn't get to see um so i didn't like we we i didn't like force them force the kids to be vegan i mean my son is like 11 and I swear if you if you say vegan at the wrong time while he's eating anything it could be his favorite thing you could tell we've told him <laughs> we told him we told him mac and cheese was was vegan one time just because just to kind of like see what he was what he do and he almost like it felt like he was almost going to never eat it again like he's against it wholeheartedly it could be the best thing in the world and everybody says it but if it's vegan he's got he's going to find a reason why it tastes funny you know um, so I, I think that it's 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 tough, and I think that they eat healthier. The whole family eats healthier because of that impact, and because I'm in the house, um, and we go to restaurants that have both things. So typically, those restaurants seem to be a little healthier too, because they've kind of been, they got to kind of have that balance. So I think that it's a, it's a good it's a good thing for all of us. Um, but they definitely are not. I'm the only vegan in the house. Um, my Yorkie will eat like carrots and like broccoli if i toss on the floor so he's partially so we're good on that oh man well i think that uh i i echo your sentiments on the kids uh and what they eat as i'm sure aaron does i have a one and a half year old and i swear he subsists on a diet of meatballs (laughs) bananas uh chick chicken mainly fried chick or like you know we got like these like frozen uh organic like chick-fil-a type chicken nuggets (laughs) Yeah. And you know we we give them all the we give them vegetables every single meal, but inevitably they end up on the floor. And our dog, yes, uh, very mm-hmm. much like yours, uh, is loves vegetables too. So she will happily clean them up. But hey, Tommy, I want to I want to wind it back a little bit to when you decided to make that change um, and t- alter your lifestyle pretty drastically in all the right ways. Uh, we, we kind of understand what the catalyst was. You talked about your dad and just wanting to be a better version of yourself. But what else at the beginning of that journey helped you, right? Was, do you have mentors? Did you go into any kind of like programs or anything like that? Well, I mean, um, yeah, like the reason, I mean, the, the reason why I'm still sober today um, is because of the, the rooms and the meetings of Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, you know, just having... Uh, you know, because drinking is not like, I mean, I, I talk about being sober and vegan and all that stuff with no intention of like having anyone actually say like, hey, I want to be vegan too or sober too. It's really just about, you know, sharing my journey just in case someone else felt like how I felt at the time, you know, or is looking to feel how I feel now. Um, but it was, it was like everyone around me, you know, and for the most part, everyone around everybody drinks in some way, shape or form. So it was not, it wasn't strange or whatever, and nobody knew how much I drank, but maybe me, you know, and because I kept some some of it pretty private, you know what I mean. So 
it wasn't like I had people to reach out to. I mean, I probably did, but at the time I didn't feel comfortable. So being able to walk into like a room with complete strangers and hear my story um, told by someone that doesn't look like me, didn't you know get raised where I was raised, you know. I mean, just to be honest, when I walked into this room, it was a room of like 20 people and they were all probably older than me and they were all white. You know, so like I walked in like, hey, this is this isn't going to be my thing. I know it. But then as soon as I'm hearing like this 75 year old guy talk about his relationship with alcohol back 25 years ago, because he's 25 years sober. Um, and I, I the story was my story. And I'm like, how is that possible? Then the next one, the next one, the next one, the next one. And here we are. We're like, now I feel like I'm at home. So that was that was definitely um, that is the reason why I'm sober. And I mean, there's definitely some, you know, um, the anonymous part. So I don't get too too far into it. But those rooms helped in in more ways than than anything, because just the 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 program itself is just such a it's it's a good way. It's a way of life. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not necessarily all about, you know, you're you're bad for this or bad for that or whatever. It's just how can we be better, yeah. whole, healthy people? Mm -hmm. You know, healthy mentally, healthy you know spiritually, and all that. You know, like what's what what's missing here? You know, what can we find out? So that's what that's what helped the me stay the course. You know, especially in the first in the beginning, um, and to the point where you find a new way of life, a new way of living, and it's like at this point anything less than this. Um, is just unacceptable. So, like, that's why I keep pushing harder. That's why running was just like, sure. Yeah. Because running is so much like life. Running is so much like all of our everyday struggles, which is like, you know, you don't get fast, like, overnight or whatever. Right, right. You know, I mean, there's some people that, like, wake up and yeah. I, I interviewed, like, <laughs> Meb, Meb and his first, his first mile in, like, eighth grade was, like, 520 or whatever. <laughs> Um, so there's some people like that, but then for the most of for the normal folks out there, like you don't see yourself get faster overnight. You don't see yourself really get faster in a year unless you're like, you're big on data, you know? Yeah. And I just think like the slow grind, the slow process, the commitment it takes in life and all this other stuff that we want to do and be successful at running was perfect for that, you know? Right. And it lined up with my sobriety so perfectly that it was just like, oh, this is, this is the act of one day at a time, one one mile at a time, mm -hmm. one race at a time, like one moment at a time. Do you feel like, uh, I want to bring up this idea of replacement addictions, because it's been a theme kind of in my, uh, in, you know, in my story, in my trajectory with running. Do you feel like running became a replacement addiction for you? That's, I know, that's well, a loaded um, question, but... Yeah. No, well, I think, you know, I definitely think that uh, you, we, we as, like, humans fill, we fill time with something. Yeah. You know, we fill energy with something. And I think that, like, my alcoholic tendencies or, like, my alcoholic habits definitely get applied to things like running, like the show, like, uh, you know, chip time running, the clothing yeah. thing, like a bunch of different things, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think that it gets kind of distributed. In, but I guess I wouldn't, I guess the reason why I'm, like, hesitant to say, like, the addiction part, I mean, because I think that, like, the addiction is when you're doing something that's, you know, re repeatedly, uncontrollably, you know, consistently doing something that is, has a negative impact on you right. and others around yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, because, like, if you're, if you're addicted to, to being healthy, 
Like, I mean, it's kind of like, right. Is that a bad thing? <laughs> everybody benefit, everybody benefits from this, right. you know, as I think, so I think I, I, I try to say that I use uh, like the benefit of being an alcoholic for all those years <laughs> was the fact that I learned how to stick with something. Yeah. Even if I didn't want to, yeah. you know, even if it was not doing, you know, it, it literally being an alcoholic at the point when I stopped was like, I would woke up every day, like to a loss, like I'm losing yeah, every yeah. day. Like, I don't want to drink as much as I do, but I do it. Yeah. So waking up every day and just saying like, Hey, I want to, I got to go through these miles because I have a goal now is, uh, I can't call that an addiction. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. No, that makes total sense. And just, uh, I, I just want to make sure I understand your story before you started running. You, you didn't have like some kind of crazy, like high school collegiate, uh, relationship with running, right? Like, no. So running was new to you in 2018. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so uh, in 2015, in 2015, I ran a 5k with my sister. Okay. Um, it was in Savannah, the Savannah bridge run. Savannah Bridge Run. If they're listening, the people there, it's 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 a stupid race. They, they gotta go over. They gotta go over the Savannah Bridge, which is like the highest like bridge because it's not a suspension bridge. Like, and all those vessels have to go under. It's like the, it's the yeah. stupidest bridge. Um, but that was the so like that was the end of it. Like I yeah. ran that, and I'm like, this is not this not is for dumb. Me. I'm not doing this ever again. Not for me. And then so yeah, 2018 was the first time like I actually ran. Um, I say that I did like zone one training in high school yeah, yeah. a lot because I golfed and you walk okay, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So maybe I had a lot of time on feet. So, so the reason that I asked that question, I just want to make sure I understood the, the preceding the, you actually getting into running regularly. What I want to hear of your experience of that first run, like you lace on some shoes. And if, if it's like my case, it's probably like shoes that you can't put a ton of miles in cause they were garbage shoes from like Walmart or something. Like you lace up some shoes, you run out the door. How far did you go? Like, how did you feel? Did you end that run saying, Oh, I'm going to do this forever. Or was it something that you were like, I got to convince myself to go out and do this again. Well, I had already like signed on to the fact that I was going to run this race and raise money. So I had like this, that incentive. And I, th so the shoes were definitely not Walmart shoes. But they were, um, they were like the Pharrell, uh, like a version of the Adidas, like those slip-on ones that were supposedly like tennis shoes, but they look like running shoes. The worst shoes possible to run in. <laughs> um, and I think I ran like, I think I ran like, I never thought, I haven't thought about this like ever since then, but I think I might have run like a mile and a half or something like that. And it was, or two, and it was, pr it was pretty close to all out, like, you know, at the time, like it was not all out, but it's just like, I'm moving here. Like, and I want people to know if they were driving by that, oh God, this kid's quick, you know, like, so I was definitely moving way too fast. And I think I just turned around at like 0.7 or 0.8 or whatever and turned around and came back. And I came in bragging like, man, I just knocked <laughs> out uh, almost two miles. Like I felt like crap. It was hard. It was sweaty and stupid, but I was like, um, I was proud though, you know, and and then I proceeded to do that every day, though, and try to go farther and farther every day because that's like, of course, how do you, how else would you run 13.1 miles, you know? Um, you got to run every day and you got to run fast every day. And that was, that was totally wrong. And that's, I mean, that's why I ended up getting hurt. But I was ready to go then. You know, I was ready for the change. I had been in the gym, so I was, thought I was fit, you know, but not running fit. It's pretty crazy how at the start of your running journey, you, I mean, I, I remember this too, but it was back in my high school days. Um, 
having no idea, like I never even ran with a watch my first four years of running, right? I had no idea how far, how long, anything like that. I ran like you, I, well, my middle school coach um, told me to run two miles as hard as I could every day. So I ran a time trial six mm. days a week and then I ran a track race the other day of the week. Uh, so no, it, it's so true. And you don't, you don't learn the ins and outs of running until you probably go through those trials, maybe get hurt. Yeah. seek out some mentors or find friends that have been through the same things like hey dude maybe calm down and run easy most of the time and you can run hard a couple of days a week and but you do yeah. that over time you're going to get a lot better so yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. funny you say that i think all of us at the beginning of our running journey could can relate to that no matter where we are like if you're just starting or if you're you know a mebka flesky yeah like you just gotta like you just it it's counterintuitive to think that like that running easy 80% of the time is going to help you. I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, especially when you're looking at like, when, cause most people, I mean, I'm not, I can't talk for everybody, but I would assume most people start running because they signed up for some race because of a friend or something, you know? So you got that, like you got that date on the schedule and you're like, I got to be able to finish this thing. So you just, it just feels like it makes sense to just start going, start pushing and start, you know, trying to make up for the gap of zero miles to 13. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Tommy, with, with kind of the knowledge you've gained over the last few years, have you started mentoring any other people on their running journeys? Oh man. Um, I try my best not to, um, because <laughs> like, I think you know people reach out, you know, to me to see like, if I can, um, help or whatever, ask questions. I just kind of like just speak from my you know, experience or whatever. Um, but I definitely don't like get into like coaching or anything like that. I mean, I have a coach, so I sometimes will just pass information that I've heard or that, yeah. that I've kind of um, experienced or been told. And other than that though, like I think that maybe I do just through like Instagram and posting as much as I do and posting as much like con- um, information mm-hmm. or the thoughts behind what we're doing. Um, so I hope that people see it and, and are using it or whatever or inspired by it, but I don't know. Uh, I definitely don't mentor anybody directly, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, maybe someone else would say differently, but I don't think so. Well, it's funny how, like, when you create a public persona of of your interest or, or whatever, uh, you know, whatever you do on a regular basis, that people – will indirectly get inspiration from you for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, like I was following yeah. you on Instagram before we met, you know, and just kind of seeing everything that you've put out there, but also through the, your other channels, um, it, you can indirectly impact without getting paid to be their coach, you know, at the same time. But yeah, I do yeah. want to dive into that because you, you know, you have like the Instagram presence of Tommy runs, then of course the chip time. Um, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to become somewhat of a content creator or a, uh, a person who, you know, like, like pushes out your running journey and kind of shares that because it's very public. It's very personal. Uh, people will walk up to you and think that they know you, you know, and things like that. Mm-hmm. It, it, like how, how yeah. has that transition been and what made you decide to kind of get into that little, that little space? I don't, I mean, it was never, I don't think it was ever really like a conscious, a conscious decision. Um, you know, I think that, uh, I, I think that early in earlier in the journey going, uh, of, you know, trying to run that, that half marathon and raising money for a charity and posting about it a lot, 
you know, it, you get a lot of feedback. You get a lot of like, you know, pats on the back, you know, from people you know and don't know, and that helps out people a lot, you know. And I, I think that, you know, I think the running community is really good at that too. Is is just being there for each other to say good job and good race, or if you had a bad day, people saying that, you know, kind of giving some some words of advice to and some wisdom to kind of keep pushing. So I think I was just putting out you know content because it's the thing to do nowadays you know and but then also it was a way for me to get feedback from people that maybe also um, you know do it and I think actually my first I don't I mean I didn't hire him but the guy was like he just seemed like he knew what he was talking about um, a guy named uh, George spelled very oddly I think it was just like without an e at the end it was kind of <laughs> strange um, but he uh, he I asked him one day I was like hey can you help me get ready for this half. And he's like, yeah, sure. So he wrote up a plan and like on paper and took a picture of it for like two months. And I just went through it, talked to him a lot. So I think just being that type of thing that happened for me just made me feel more compelled to share. Um, and then especially when, like I said earlier, going to the meetings and hearing other people's stories affect my, you know, and, and I, even though we have nothing in common, we have so much in common. I think that that vibe for me and, and how much that helped me in those rooms um, was like, hey, you might as well share your journey as well because maybe someone is, you know, just starting their journey out or they're whatever. And, you know, I think we should all share our stories as much as possible because so many people, you know, feel like they're alone like I did at one point. But I didn't realize that there's people all over the world that are just like this. So um, sharing just is, uh, sharing is caring. So that thing. I think that's why I went about it that way. Do you think that, um, I mean, you're black, yeah. right, Tommy? <laughs> Pro- so I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I, <laughs> it was like, yeah, I, that, yeah. That, was, that, that was probably a weird no, no, way to say it, it but for everybody listening, they can't yeah, yeah. see the video. Tommy's yeah. black. He's a badass. Um, but at the same time, the running community, um, while open and like, hey, all you need is a pair of shoes and some shorts yeah. to go run, it's still a very white community in general. I mean, we don't have to beat around the bush with that, right? And I'm sure that's had some of an impact on your journey too. But I want to know, um, maybe just in general, what your thoughts are about that. Maybe like how we can obviously continue to encourage uh, BIPOC athletes to get into the sport, have fun with it. Uh, But also, have you seen uh, any inspiration from other black athletes and runners wanting to get into it, like reaching out to you and talking to you about it because of like, you know, what you're putting out there on your channels? Um, well, let's start with like the front, the first part, first part. Yeah. I definitely am black. My family's predominantly black. Um, so, and, and I, and I didn't, I just thought it was funny. Like I, I didn't know offense to the way you said it at all. It's just funny how it came out. Um, but so it's like, yeah, it, it, the space was, it is and was, um, you know, very white, and, you know, I was okay with that, like, especially in the beginning of the journey, it wasn't, I wasn't looking for anything, so to speak, when I came into the journey, other than going through my motions and whatever, and I wasn't really, honestly, like, I really wasn't aware of, um, like, how, I guess, white it is or was, because I didn't necessarily care, like, I was in it for me, and I need this part of the process for what I want to do with my life or whatever at the time, so I just kind of moved through it. But, yeah, it, it's it's getting better, too. I mean, but I think it's that's in part because of local 
uh, run clubs and things that are you know popping up and making spaces that not only say like you are because there's a difference I've heard somebody say like there's a difference between saying like that someone is welcome mm -hmm. than saying that uh, welcome to come or whatever but that this is created with you in mind you know like that's two different things mm -hmm. like because you know you can say that I'm welcome and smile when I come in the door but and you got and you could mean the the best by it and there's no malice at all but that doesn't mean that I necessarily feel comfortable mm -hmm. you know especially if I'm not if I'm not if I'm new to like that type of dynamic so like in groups like we run 313 uh, that was started here in in Detroit in like 2017 you know, or 18 uh, I think it was 18 um, they have just done a great job at creating a space for you know mainly young black folks and it just how that's just how it happens I mean it's obviously open to everybody and there's people that come from all you know all races but um, it just is a really cool way to go and be around people that just vibe with you you know what I'm saying and without it having to be like an effort you know so I think the more the the those type of run clubs pop up you're just gonna see more more um, more diversity in the space and then you know more run clubs pop up that have that type of vibe the more black folks you're gonna see at runs and races and people of color in general I mean just local communities are doing a good job at at, at supporting the local community of run um, and I think that I think that the way that the running industry because like I when I went to um, to what was that the place called and when in Austin the running, TRE the running, the, uh, the running the event um, mm -hmm. it was, I mean, it was, I mean, that's a, no shade to them. I mean, cause it's not like, you know, what are they supposed to do? But it was like maybe four or five black folks there, um, you know, including me. And that's, I mean, it's kind of jarring to be you know, in a space like that, but I had been, I'm so used to it from my like job in my, in the industry that I work in. And, you know, I, I'm used to being like the only or one of the only in a room. So that was fine. But it just definitely, you know, kind of stuck out because, you know, the running industry is talking about diversity much more. And I think that the way that the running industry helps with that is not necessarily like, you know, comp like companies, uh, like representation does matter. And you need to have, you know, companies need to have like black folks in stuff, you know, in, in, in advertising or something or in whatever so it can be seen and people can feel and look at a magazine and say, oh, that's cool. Like th this guy kind of looks like me, or I relate to this person. I think it's it's a, it's in a magazine, so I mean, how how do I? But at least you see yourself somewhere. But I think that you know companies also you know can do a, a good a better job at finding people that can tell their own story for themselves, but then also tie you know the company just support because I mean, we're talking about like shoe companies and things that are you know billion dollar companies. Mm -hmm. There's there's, you know, all you need to do is find someone out that's doing their own thing and just say, we'd like to help you with that. You know, and not like, hey, can you come do this, do that and do this thing for us and say this, say this, say that. Like, you don't need to do all that, you know, or go hire someone to to play a role. There's too many people out here that are going through like these journeys that like I am that can just just say like, hey, we just want to we just want to help. You know, what, what can we do for you? And not necessarily like you just got to go for handouts for, for all BIPOC folks, but it's like, it's so simple. I mean, because that model has been used for everybody else, mm -hmm. you know, in the running community. Like that's, that's, it's like a no brainer to reach out to an influencer mm -hmm. and to say, hey, can you? But 
I think that we're coming to the point where running brands are starting to realize that. Because in 2020, you saw the reaction yeah. of like, yeah, I could, we can see when something doesn't necessarily look like, um, you know, like it, it, it's, I appreciate the effort sometimes, but at the same time, it's like, nah, that's not it. Right. You know, that's not it for me. But um, when, you, when brands decide that like, hey, we want people that are already doing their own story, they're already doing their own thing, just continue and we want to be, we want to support that. I think that's the way that 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 works out. And then also promoting more Black folks in the industry, like making money. And I say Black folks because I'm Black, so I'm speaking for my side. So, I, but that applies to everybody. But like, it needs to be um, ways to show that the running industry is a business. You know, not just to be to to be marketed to. You know, not don't just find ways to sell us more shoes in a in a more inclusive way. Yeah. Like, how do we figure out how to make the industry more diverse? Thus, everything under that is is more diverse. Yeah. Sorry for the long answer. No. Not at all. Yeah. It's an important yeah. answer. I think that you know a lot of folks in the running community are either ignorant of, uh, don't acknowledge, or don't care about. So I I think that's why I asked the question in the first place, even though it's awkward coming out of my mouth at the very yeah, beginning. Right. Because uh, I really wanted, you know, to get your take and help spread the word on it, right? And I think the word that you were looking for at the end there was yeah. genuine, 100%. right? Like, you want to see a genuine investment in the community that, yes, they are businesses and they, they want to sell product, but also because, hey, we want to help, you know, further, you know, running in the U.S. within the BIPOC community and give people access to the sport that you talked about can give so much back to people, right? Provide a sense of purpose, get people out of, you know, get people to be mm. healthier. Uh, I mean, we could probably list off like 20 or 30 reasons why running is a good thing for people to participate in. But genuine, just like, hey, we care about your community and we're not looking for anything in return. Like you're, we mm. want to invest in you guys yeah. or you. Um, and I, I was thinking too that you talked about having like somebody in that magazine that you could look up to. Well, you said that my mind went to you, right? And then we keep saying your channels, but like you on Instagram, right? Like people seeing you genuinely putting yourself out there as a black runner and you know, what you're pursuing with this sport and creating, uh, trying to create a space for yourself and people like you and share your yeah, journey. Yeah. And I, so. yeah, and I think, and I think like the authentic, the authenticity of that or the genuine, it's a, it's a, it goes both ways too. Like the the message going out, you know, you want that to feel genuine and authentic. But then also, like the 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 brand that's reaching out or the brand that's working with this person or these people, um, it needs to it, that needs to be a genuine moment too. Like um, I don't know, it's a name drop, but like a company drop, but like Asics has been really cool to me, you know. And they've asked like um, really like nothing from me other than what they'd ask from, I guess, anybody else, which is, you know, nothing. They're not paying me, you know? But the fact, like, when I, when I, I was able to go out and see headquarters and things like that, and, and they've just rocked with me, like, kind of heavy. And I've had people message me and just said word for word, like, if ASICS rocks with you like this, I'll give it a shot. Yeah. Like, and just because they feel, you know, they, we, everyone appreciates someone that's like them getting shine or, um, you know, uh, getting some uh, some support of some sort. You know, and as lo as long as there's no like hatred there or whatever, you you just it's just nice to see someone else that looks like you get some love. You know, so 
that's all that's needed is just a genuine interest to to partner with work with whatever you want to call it people that are are that are going to tell their own story whether whether it's with you shoe company or not yeah like i'm still going to tell i'm still going to run i'm still going to blah 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 but it's much more genuine coming through other people than to say yeah. hey we're doing this big project we're doing this thing and it, that sometimes that gets to be crazy somebody reached out to me um i was no i had a meeting with somebody and they're like, okay, well, as a white male, and we got like a few, you know, we got this run, run, run club, and we've had people of color come to the to the run, and we just want to make sure, like, how do we make sure that it's 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 uh, an open and welcoming group? And I mean, that's a tough question to answer. It's like, and part of me just to me is just like, be as normal as you possibly can. <laughs> You know, like, because it's not, it's rough. I mean, not normal. If you're racist, don't be normal. <laughs> um, but, like, if, but it's 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 tough because you come into a group, sometimes you feel, especially after 2020, it's like you feel like there's an effort. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't feel good sometimes. Like, it, it, you don't want somebody when you walk up to say, yo, what's up? You know, start talking different, yeah. you know? Be who, you, be who you are. Make sure that, you know, like, I don't want to feel like I'm, like, I'm, like like I'm the black guy when I come around. Like I just want to come run, laugh, talk, do everything normal. Like I guess that's my, my biggest thing is to make sure that if everybody in your group, if you want more diversity, um, just be open to it and be normal when that happens. Like don't make it awkward. Like right. that's the weirdest thing. You finally get a date with a chick and then you be <laughs> awkward the whole day. It's weird. You're not going to get a second one. So, yeah. No, I uh, don't be weird. I yeah, that that sentiment resonates for sure. But I want to say, too, it's interesting the kind of impact you uh, mentioned ASICs. And it's interesting the impact of of how they have their relationship with you and others that resonates outside of even those cultural walls. Because, like, I look at ASICs, I've, I've legitimately I, I've honestly never owned a pair of ASICs ever. Um, not because for any reason other than I just haven't, but I look at the way that they interact with like, um, our mutual friend, Michael Coe and, um, and then you and, uh, Ben Johnson believe in the run. Um, and honestly, like I ordered my first pair of ASICs the other day, uh, I ordered the, um, Meta's Meta Speed Edge or whatever for my next marathon because you got the edge? I got the Edge yeah because I've heard that it's right. I've heard that it's good like in comparison to like the Vaporfly you know uh, a next percent um, and so I got that yeah, one because yeah. I I wanted to give it a shot but a lot of, a lot of it was not just the specs of the shoe or that I felt that it could be uh, good for me but also the fact that I feel like that they're a legit company like with great values yeah. and I like putting my money behind you know, companies that have great values. But I, I, I want to know, um, because I, I already mentioned uh, Mike, um, and I've been to several of his run meetups that he does. And I'm curious, because when I go to his run meetups, there are people that are there, um, and even some people that I've met and kept in contact with at some of his meetups, that are there because they find inspiration on seeing someone that looks like them on YouTube with nearly 100,000 subscribers. Do you, mm. do you go to run meetups? I, I don't know how often you do stuff like that for, for the community, but do you feel like you get a similar response when you do, like when you show up at places where people come because they see you and they 
you know, want to meet you and get inspiration from you aside from just commenting on your posts. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm definitely like Kafuzi has done an amazing job and I'm not, I'm not there yet where I'm like hosting my own meetups really. Um, but you know, like I, I run with, we run three on three, uh, you know, my, my, my training partner that I run with right now that we're doing the PR project. Um, you know, he's, he's one of the create, he's the creative director for we run three on three, but it's, um, you know, I feel like when I come to the group, you know, t- at times people see what I what I do um, and how I go about trying to make it happen, and I feel like they, because of the way I share, people feel open to ask me questions about running or you know shoes or um, just advice you know about things in general. Um, so I haven't had like that experience yet, but I did feel like when I went to TRE, I felt like it was you know more people knew me than I thought would know me. Right. You know. So I haven't had the chance to like do like events like that yet, but I actually have an event coming up that I that I'm planning in uh, in in our area on the fourth of uh, February, which I'm really excited about. Um, but it's not gonna be a run though, but it's gonna be running related. Mm-hmm. So I haven't had that that part yet. But so most of the time, people reach out to me and feel comfortable. And fifty more than more than fifty percent of the people that reach out to me and ask me random questions are typically like black folks that are either getting started or been doing it way longer than me and they just want to talk, you know? So yeah. you do, you definitely see people that are, that look like you and, and it's easier to kind of reach out and relate. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about chip time running because I know you've, you've done some, uh, some stuff with that and I'm, I mean, that's your company, right? Like you, an apparel, yeah. apparel yeah. line. So, um, yeah. I, you mentioned TRE and they're not being a, a big representation there. Did you mean, just attendees or did you mean company wise as well or both i guess every, i mean i across guess everything i mean because i guess across the board i mean I, I think that like from the industry standpoint i believe that there's only like three or four black um owned run specialty stores in the in the united yeah. states and that's that just seems a little lopsided i mean because run specialty run specialty stores all over the place um, but then just, I guess, attendees, you know, mm-hmm. um, I mean, cause most of the attendees are in the industry. Yeah. Like, so it wasn't many, it wasn't many outside right, right, right. folks other than like believe in the Ron Kafuzi, you know, Jameson. Um, so it was like, and he was one of the you know black folks that was, you know, that I'm, that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from, from that aspect, it was, it was definitely, um, yeah, I mean, it just wasn't as much and hopefully as we grow, um, there's more reasons to have people, yeah, you know, that represent all different different folks out there. And then there's this thing called the Running Industry Diversity Coalition um, that a few people put together. Some of the run specialty store owners, like the you know at Gazelle Sports here in Michigan, and a couple others, you know, put this thing together. And they're they're pushing hard to help you know, running companies um, and run specialty stores find more people, more talented folks to work with them from you know all different backgrounds and, and races so they're doing a good job on that yeah. on that side so what's your vision with the with the company and like where do you see yourself oh, so going chip, yeah well so yeah so chip time running came came about like because of you know it, i created it in 2020 and it was kind of in reaction to well everything that was going on whether you know with with covid kind of showing you how, how short life is and can be um i can't leave my day job to my to my son or my daughter um i can't like just give them the vice president position i just can't you know, I can't pass that along. And then, um, then also, you know, the resurgence or like the, the bringing Black Lives Matter back to the forefront, I was like, I, we need something, I need something in my life that 
so my kids can see their their black dad have a sense of ownership in something, you know. And so I had an idea for the run, eat, sleep, repeat bar, you know, across the chest for a long time, and just never did anything with it because, like, you know, why, you know, how would I do that, you know? And I just decided to just try it one day. I think it was like in May of 2020, and got a, you know, some 20, 30 shirts made up, and people supported it, and so I kept pushing it. And right now, like, I don't, like, honestly, I. I I don't know where that's gonna where that's going, um, but I do know that uh, I didn't necessarily start it to like get rich or anything and have like a big company. Mm-hmm. I mean, I did it for that reason. Like, was literally so my family can. I needed to see something. Like, I needed to own and and hold something. Um, but as I've grown in the space and shared more and r- went to more races and and gotten closer to the running industry side of things, whether it's like the media side with like like Believe in Run and Kafuzi and those guys. Um, I'm just starting to realize that like maybe this maybe the industry could use more of you know like Tommy Run's stuff mm-hmm. and maybe focus on you know c- cultivating experiences whether it's the the Run Eat Sleep show or it's um, the Recovery Matters event that I'm doing in um, on the 4th of February or a couple other things that I want to do in our area that's on top of like a, a the running culture because like I keep telling people it's Running is kind of diverse in Detroit when, when you get to the Detroit Free Press, the big race, the big marathon, you know, mm-hmm. and you see people from everywhere. But then as soon as that race is over, we all go back to our silos, and that's cool, but then that's kind of like <laughs> defeats the purpose of making running diverse. So I want to continue to create moments in time and, and events and ideas that bring people together kind of consistently for a cool experience around running. You know, um, so I think that's actually the next step of what I want to do. Um, and I'll always have chip time running and I'll, and you know, I, I just like the concept of, of kind of providing some type of black owned, you know, apparel out there, but I just don't think that there's any moment right now where I want to grow the company to something like to be at a TRE, honestly. Yeah, I, I think, uh, it sounds like you're creating like an ecosystem, right? Where everything kind of feeds upon itself, where like people who maybe discover chip time running also discover mm-hmm. run, eat, sleep, repeat. Yeah, uh, you did. I said that right. You I'm did. like Aaron, like, wait, did I say the right direction? Okay. Uh, but yeah, like everything kind of like comes together, almost like at like a Venn diagram, right? And then it feeds upon each other that then you're building your community. Uh, yeah, I didn't do all of that. I, so. I appreciate that. I did not I love do it, that man. on purpose at all. Um, it just happened. And I think that like the, the, the genuine side of that, that's where it comes in. If you, if you do things that are genuine and authentic to who you are and want to be as a person, even if you seemingly are doing random stuff that just are opposites of each other, if you're doing that with your core values and authentic, you know, in genuineness, um, if you're, if you're proceeding that in that manner, somehow all this stuff is going to be cohesive in some way because you are you're the connector of all those things so no matter how random some people think that like i feel like i'm random all the time like if you could literally if you could see inside of my head you'd be like this guy's a a maniac (laughs) but i just feel like i feel random a lot i feel sporadic but if, if i'm following like who i am and all that all the time we're all different. Like we're all not one thing. Like that's one thing that like, you've seen with social media too. Like in say like runners, like professional runners, for example, I'm sure for a long time, we just thought like Dina Castor was like 
just a fast lady that runs. But she cares about things. She like you know all these other things that she has and she wants to do with her life and help other people. Um, and now with social media, you're starting to see those things more often. And as long as people are genuine and they're they're following their hearts and things like that, it's gonna all overlap and it's gonna be helpful for more people than just me running a fast time and then hopefully get you know and get into Boston. That, that segues into a question that we used to ask um, all the time, and we kind of have gotten away from it, but we used to have, have it as like an ending question. Um, but I'm, I'm just wondering, you look around, I mean, obviously Houston happened yesterday, and Dina, you mentioned Dina Castor, and just these records that have come down uh, over an extended period of time, uh, women's running, the, the American half marathon and marathon record were reset yesterday. Um, when you're looking around in the world of running right now, what's inspiring you a lot? You know, just like what, what are you drawing inspiration from? Cause people look at you, they see inspirational, um, you know, they have inspiration from your story, whether it's getting sober, whether it's going vegan, just getting healthy, becoming a better person in general. Uh, what are you looking around and drawing inspiration from right now? Um, I think I think I'm I'm right now I'm drawing inspiration from people that, you know, that I've connected with, um, you know, over the last couple of years, whether that's like all the folks that, you know, like Joe and Lance that we run through in three and my training partner um, and, you know, like not saying that me and Rich Roll are friends or anything like that, but Rich Roll, I mean, people that, um, people that are just doing their thing, you know? Um, and I was super inspired yesterday by, uh, by Kira and, and Sarah Hall, um, because I mean, for so many reasons, I mean, obviously, cause I mean, those records stood for, you know, quite some time and all that, but it's just like the, the level of grit and determination it takes, it took for them to get there. And, and Kira for sure because I mean she's a normal like person you know like, she has a job you know she's a full time real estate agent. and the fact that they're not like twenty three year olds I mean both 30, of these women are in their late thirties yeah thirty yeah th Kira's thirty seven Sarah's thirty eight yeah um and that's and that's absolutely incredible that they like Insane. have that they're 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 human as hell you know like they like have families and things. Um, but I, I just, I, I'm drawing inspiration from, and then a guy, like I, I, we mentioned him on my show yesterday, um, but CJ, the runner, um, is a guy from, dang it, all of a sudden now I'm blanking where he's, oh, from Lakeland, like Florida. Yeah. Um, he ran a 315 in uh, Indy in late November, and then just ran yesterday and ran a 256. Shoot. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's that's a big drop for you know that many months i'm just i'm inspired by all the people that are sharing their stories and like putting in work yeah you know whether i know you or not like we're watching each other and that's why i share my stuff too because hopefully i want you to like it and share it and all that stuff i wanted to you know get a bunch of views yeah. but at the same time it's like i love when somebody says like hey man you guys are motivating me to keep going yeah. you know so yeah um i'm definitely inspired by by everyone um especially like we like i said we were on three on three um uh, Rich Roll, yeah. and the homie Knox Robinson in in New York and L.A. wherever he is in this world right now. Right. But yeah, man. Well, I I I gotta say that I feel like the uh, the reason that I could never be friends with Rich Roll, you kind of ruined it for me, right? Yeah, you, yeah, you kind of <laughs> ruined it for yourself. <laughs> so are you tell the story or am I? I what are we doing? I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell the first part of the story. I don't even know if I've told you this, Ryan, but. Um, like, okay, so we're sitting at 
me and a friend are sitting at a coffee shop outside in Austin. And I had the first moment of my life where I saw someone that I recognized publicly that it was like that involuntary moment where I just, I was sitting there with my friend Brandon um, and we were waiting on someone to come meet us and he just walks by and I just yell like, Rich Roll. And he looks over at me and he's holding his phone, almost ran into a wall and then just kept walking. <laughs> and yeah. And then, so he, and then a few minutes so later, I'm sitting it. with you and, and I tell you that story yeah. and you're like, Oh, I'm going to meet him in a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, he told me the story and he's like, Hey, you know, make sure you tell him that I'm not like a weirdo or anything <laughs> like that. And I'm like, I'll try. I think, I don't know if that's going to be possible at this point, but I'll try. So, like, it's the first time I met him, too. Like, I just happened to know, like, a couple of people that were able to kind of connect the meet, you know, do the meetup. Because his story, I didn't mention this, but his story and his books and the podcast has helped. At the time when it, I found his podcast right when I needed it. I yeah. found it right when Same. I was vegan, sober, and he's got the whole thing. So, it was, like, perfect. Like, somebody's normal and, like, successful. This is a cool way to move. Um, but, so, I ended up meeting with him, talking to him for a while. And something happened where, like, oh, it, we, we went away from the the conference and we sat somewhere like kind of far away. So it was like, I'm, and he was like, yeah, I'm glad we were able to kind of get away or whatever. I was like, yeah, I'm sure you'd have people, you know, all the time saying stuff to you, you know, as you're just having a meeting. And then I'm like, Oh, did you hear earlier? Somebody like scream your name out. And then he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, some like weird dude just yelled my name out. Like I'm walking past and I'm like on my phone and I'm looking at my phone and somebody like, yells my name out. And he's like, dude, like, just come just say hi. Say hi. Just come say hi. Like, I'm a person. Don't be weird. And then, so, like, I told him the whole story that you were like, hey, please <laughs> tell him that I'm not a weirdo. <laughs> oh, man. But, like, I was glad I was able to tell – I was glad I was able to tell your story, Aaron. I don't know if I did it the way that you probably would have to try to – Probably not. Bring it back. But No. Yeah, but next time next time you see him, hey, remember Austin, like, weird guy, <laughs> yelled out your name. Yeah. I think he'll remember you. <laughs> oh, man. Well, that's, I'm sure that that's not good. the that only good. reason I couldn't be friends with Rich Roll, but, but it's <laughs> hilarious. But no, it's a good time. Yeah. And I, I love like, I love the running community, you know, meeting you, meeting, yeah. um, you know, at this point I've, I've got to hang with Kafuzi several times and some of the Believe in the Run guys. And I just, I mean, everyone's so supportive and, um, you know, I, I like you. I draw inspiration a lot of times from the people you mentioned, your training partner, um, which I follow him on Instagram because of you, you're, you tag him a lot and stuff like that. Aaron, right? His name is Aaron. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And so, yep. um, um, but I have a training partner who's actually coached by Ryan, uh, named John. And like, he's one of the most, like, I just get so much inspiration from the in and out daily grind of working out with him every like almost every single day and he just ran his debut marathon last month 307 and he's been running about mm. the same amount of time as you and was a smoker you know and all this other kind of stuff mm. and just like and, and none of this is anything that he wouldn't be okay with me saying but finding that inspiration from people that are just in and out you get to see their hard work yeah. and dedication it's easy to be inspired by you know the sarah halls of the world but really drawing from your community and from the people that you get to see put in the work. I, I echo that sentiment. That's huge for me. Um, and yeah, that's where I time. find a lot from. And of course, Ryan as well. 
Yeah, of course. Yeah, don't forget Ryan. He's he's here. He's listening. Some of the, <laughs> some of these some of these guys that are just so fast that you just have to you just have yeah. to like bow down. Uh, yeah. Oh, thanks for the throwing, Aaron. I appreciate it. No, you know it it inspires me too. But Tommy, you mentioned earlier Sarah and Kira that just I mean they're awesome stories at thirty seven and thirty eight years old. I just wanted to reiterate, Kira. She, she was very talented when she was younger, yeah. but she quit running when she was in her mm-hmm. mid-20s because of an injury. Couldn't even afford to have the surgery to fix it. That's why she retired, got a full-time job, got the surgery a few years later when her insurance actually covered it. Mm. Had two kids, came back to the sport later, and was like, hey, I'm just going to give it a try, have fun. I think her first marathon was like 3.08, yeah. or it was like in the 3.0s. Yeah. And that was like three years ago, American four years record. ago. Uh, crazy, the progression there. But then also Sarah Hall... While she never, like, retired from running or anything like that, she was kind of, like, you know, like a mid-tier professional (laughs) runner about 10 years ago. In her late 20s when her prime was supposed to be. Kept grinding, kept getting after it. God, she's probably run, like, 20 marathons at this point. And and half marathons. And look at what she's doing now. So, two different ways to get to the same point, right, of obviously setting the American record. But for all of us, whether you take time off, uh, you're getting to the sport in your 40s, your 50s, or later in life than you maybe would have hoped. Uh, keep grinding, man. Like that's the that's the message I get from them. And don't ever 100%. think it's too late. To and get then, started. and then all of it is it's cool to be fast. It's cool to do all this stuff or whatever. But you know, like so many people, it's just running and getting out there is um, and being in in deciding to be consistent at it yeah. is. You know, that's where it's all at, you know, and that's why I think that like a Sarah Hall um, and Akira is, is the perfect example of this because they love the they love to run. They love the sport. And, um, you know, for Akira, like just to be out there, like kind of fun running and doing giving people bunny ears just when she was kind of getting back into it, um, just showed like that she has fun with it. And in Sarah, I mean, she just I mean, she must just she has to just love the the grind, love the work and when some of us may not qualify for Boston and I don't think that that's that's not bad at all man there's so many people out there that have changed their lives tremendously and don't even care if they ever make it to Boston yeah. like running is just a, such a cool thing it's a way to meet people that have you know like you know same goals same aspirations all that stuff um, I just think it's so cool that even yesterday when they broke those records there's somebody that like PR'd by 20 minutes and you know ran a six hour marathon yeah and they're just as happy, or maybe even happier. Who knows? Than somebody that was you know, in the top five. Yeah. You know. So I just think and they crossed. They started the same point, and they crossed the same finish line. And I just think that that is what, that's what it's all about, really. Like I want to be fast, but I, I do remember there was a point where running a marathon was out of laughs in your face yeah. if you ever said I was going to. You know. So well, we got we got to remember that too. Yeah. I I thought one <laughs> of the cool stories. Uh, yesterday was the fact that Ryan's friend, uh, Cal Neff, uh, was pacing Kara and ran a PR, like ran his own personal PR. It's just crazy. I mean, we could go on for days, but, uh, we want to, you know, we want to be respectful of your time and I, man, I really appreciate you coming on and, and chatting with us. I feel, I feel like, um, uh, like you got what Boston coming up in April. Mm-hmm. So maybe mm-hmm. maybe you can be the first uh, two-time guest. <laughs> we do a lot of um, we do a lot of 
you know, a lot of our conversations are not so much like this. They're more about, uh, you know, races and stuff like that, which I've really enjoyed our conversation. But it would be cool to have you back after Boston so you could tell us the story of, of a race and, like, oh. you know, what's going on. Yeah, so, so we could actually have, like, a talk about tempo. We didn't even say anything. Okay, so yesterday I ran. A, <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think that would be really cool. Um, and, yeah, so just a, a little, like, thing I'm doing right now is, like I mentioned, is the PR project, and it's Aaron and I. Are, you know he's running his first full marathon so it's a PR anyway but um, but he's running his first full marathon two days before Boston in uh, Rhode Island and then I'm running the Boston Marathon but we're journal like we're documenting this whole process of you know 15 15 weeks of training or whatever um, and so we're, we're really excited about it and so I think I'll have a lot to talk to you about um, you know when it's all said and done and I, I hope to PR there so I guess that's a indication of like what I'm trying to do. And a PR for you is what? Um, P, my my PR now is two forty eight thirty, two forty eight thirty eight. I think. All right. It's out there. <laughs> you you'll get it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Get it. For sure. Well, get thanks, it. Tommy. We really appreciate you coming on, <laughs> and uh, I, I've enjoyed chatting. Like we got to hang out in Austin, but I feel like this. Uh, I learned so much more about you, so I really appreciate you coming on. And uh, uh, everyone already knows where to follow you. So um, if you're not already connected with Tommy, please do that. Uh, check out Chip Time Running, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Good luck in Boston. All right, man. All right, thank you, thank you. Have a good one, everyone. You're the man, Tommy. Oh, 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 oh,